I'm Carol Joy Side, and welcome to the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. You're listening to episode 17. This is a podcast to help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Today, it is my great thrill and honor to have my dear friend Betsy Hake with me. She is speaking to me from Honduras, and um, she is the founder of Jericho Ministries, and she's going to be sharing a little bit about her story today. Welcome, Betsy. Oh, thank you, Carol. This is great to be here. <laughs> thank you. So tell my listeners, you know, we've been um, doing some podcasts on missionaries like Amy Carmichael and, um, you know, different women that have impacted my life, Corey Temboom, people that I know you love as well. And yes. I want people to know that there are actually missionaries today that are modern day Amy Carmichael's, that the age of missions has not left us in the dust, but that there are still women and men doing the same radical faith ministry that was done at the turn of the century and kind of the golden age of, you know, missions. And, and you are my modern day Amy Carmichael, and I'm just so honored to know you. So wow. um, I wanted to start by saying that there is going to be some adult content in this um, interview today because we're going to be talking about some really hard things that are taking place in Honduras and in our world. And so you might want to get your children uh, busy in another area of the house as we discuss these things. So Betsy, tell us your story. What brought a little blonde, blue-eyed girl from, minute, from Wisconsin to Honduras? Mm. Um, well, first of all, I just want to thank you for, for that intro. That was pretty amazing. <laughs> Not sure I could be lumped in with, the, with those rock star <laughs> missionaries. I'm just saying, honey, I don't tell lies. <laughs> um, I, I, well, the Lord really started calling me to missions when I was in the university. And uh, I pretty much had my, my life planned out. And then I went on a mission trip. And there were a lot of Christians on that mission trip. And um, their witness to me really um, spoke of, you know, a different life. And, um, and then when I also just, just being with the people in Guatemala, because that's where our mission trip was too. I was living in a sorority house, you know, and ringing bells for the waiters to come and bring us food. And, you know, to be trans um, ported into that little village where um, I actually fell into a well when it was my turn to get the well water, you know, for our group. So um, it was, it just really shook my worldview because up until that point, I had just really seen um, happiness really related um, with wealth. And so when I saw people um, in this village that were um, a lot of them Christians too, um, and just living um, to glorify God, that really shook my worldview. And uh, I began to really think about what, um, how could God use my nursing skills, um, not just for my own use, but um, for his kingdom. And um, so that's really what God used to uh, get me out of my own um, worldview of the American dream, really. And um, so when I went back to the university, um, I began to ask the Lord to prepare me, and um, slowly but surely, He began to um, to bring me uh, to to Honduras. And um, I I worked as a nurse for two years in Milwaukee, 
Yeah. Well, that was my that was my plan actually. I wanted to work for two years um, as a nurse in Milwaukee, and um, after about ten months, I wanted to just throw on the the hat totally with nursing because I didn't understand that God was sovereign over life and death, and so um, I began to just fear that I was going to kill one of my patients, and I would go into work every day with that sense of um, fear. Yes. And um, a friend of mine was working, a, a friend who had been on one of those mission trips, he was working in Honduras. So he sent me letters from Honduras and he said, you know, you should come down here. Um, there's a position open as a second grade teacher. I thought to myself, no more life and death. <laughs> and so I prayed and asked the Lord. And um, I felt like he gave me permission. And he said, yes. So really, I went to Honduras to escape nursing. And um, <laughs> And then um, just fell in love with the people of Honduras. Um, the Lord gave me a, a real love for them and for the students I was working with. And um, after two years, I really just thought it was going to be a two-year um, journey. But after two years, the Lord really made made it clear to me that it was a life calling mm -hmm. and that um, this was what he had for me. Wow. <laughs> That's a big deal. So what yeah. happened then? I mean, you're not teaching school anymore. What, what happened? Right. Well, after two years um, of teaching school, the, the Lord began to, to put on my heart again that this was a long term. And I thought to myself, well, if I'm going to be here long term, I need to study the Bible um, because I was pretty That's illiterate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And, um, and I also thought, you know, Spanish would be good because I was working in a bilingual school and pretty much just, you know, in a little gringo community. Wow. And, um, so I felt like the Lord uh, opened up the doors. He allowed me to go to, um, a seminary in Pittsburgh, yeah. um, or in a little, actually a little town called Ambridge outside of Pittsburgh. Um, he just opened up the doors and I spent a year there and, um, I learned about God's character. That was like huge. I learned about who I am in Christ and I learned about his character and just knowing that he is sovereign over life and death um, allowed me to be able to return to the mission field as a nurse. Um, and actually the, the next six years I worked um, running a clinic on the North coast of Honduras yes. and um, I had much, probably much more responsibility, but just the understanding that God is sovereign, that I could go to him, that I could trust him um, to help me with the patients that, that made a huge difference. So, yeah. And then, and then, um, <laughs> then the Lord began to just, um, again, just put kind of a, a restlessness in my heart because I was working by myself in that, uh, area for those six years. And um, I, I began to sense that it would be good to work with a team with other people. Um, a lot of people were coming to the Lord, people would um, uh, accept Christ in the clinic. Um, it was exciting in that sense, you know, because the Lord really um, allowed me not only to minister physically, but also they would open up about their spiritual needs. But that just really showed me too, that um, I just felt like if I worked on a team, that um, there could be so much more done. And so the Lord um, took me to Tegucigalpa, they were at the mission society I was working with at the time. Um, they were opening up a new work to do um, a church plant. And so um, I joined that team. And during the time I was on that team, the Lord began to um, not only do more character work because <laughs> 
<laughs> you know how the Lord is. He, he no. always. No. <laughs> leaves us right where we are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So a lot of that um, of being on the team, I felt was character work where the Lord was really um, trying to get me out of the way and to teach me how to really hear his voice and how to um, be led by him. Yes. And during that time, I began to get a burden for the women on the streets um, because the church that we were planting, it was probably about um, a half a mile from a really beautiful area in the city. Yeah. Um, and there were five beautiful hotels, but in the night it would turn into like a red light district because um, the women and the men that were transvestite there, um, they were interested, of course, in getting um, higher paying customers. And so this whole beautiful area would turn into a red light district. Oh, and um, wow. I would see them, um, but to, to be really honest about it, Carol, you know, initially I would pray and I, I'd say, Lord, send somebody to them. <laughs> Yeah. Because obviously they need help, you know. And I thought to myself, they are not going to come into the church unless someone goes to them. Amen. And um, so, yeah. So I thought, you know, Lord, please send somebody to them. But um, you know how the Lord is in that way, too. You know, the burden grew and I began to sense that he was saying, you go. Um, but in my mind, I, it made no sense to me. I, I had no um, training for that. I had no education for that, um, no experience. You know, I'd never done any kind of street ministry or anything. And so it was really basically um, step a step of faith to just um, go out. And I asked our pastor at the time, I said, um, you know, how would you feel about me taking a couple of people out on the streets? And he said, fine, as long as you... Um, you know, don't go alone, which was really good advice, oh, of course. Advice. And um, so, um, so the Lord just um, really blessed that first outing. Um, it was Valentine's Day, 1997. And um, what really touched me that first night was um, the Lord just let me sense his love for the women. Um, there was a group of six women and they were standing there. Um, and instead of running away, um, because a lot of them later on when we would show up, they know they would know what we were about and they would run and hide from us. <laughs> but um, that first night, um, I think we spent over two hours with the women. They gave us that much of their time. And I remember um, just for one woman in particular, um, she was dressed in green from head to toe. She had like a green headband, green eyeshadow, green tube top, green miniskirt, green shoes. And when I looked at her, Carol, it's, like I was just overwhelmed with God's love and I knew um, that God was just showing me just a, a, a smidgen of what he felt for her and his desire, you know, to see her set free. And um, it actually took 13 years of sharing the gospel with her before she came to the Lord. Oh. Um, <laughs> but, that, but Betsy, what if you'd stopped at 12 and a half years and just said, okay, this is a waste of time. I'm moving on to some more fruitful field. But yes. Well, and by God's grace too, there were other women of in the course. in the in the you know the 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 transcourse of that time who came to the Lord too. But um, by God's grace, He allowed us to actually, you know, know that she came into the kingdom of God and has never gone back to the streets except to you know share the gospel. Are you or someone you know considering homeschooling, but unsure where to begin? 
On July 18th, I will be teaching a live webinar that will introduce you to my simple approach to homeschooling. For over 30 years, I've taught families how to raise smart and godly children with only a Bible, a library card, and a math curriculum. Does it sound too good to be true or too simple to actually work? Come learn how to homeschool children from preschool through high school without wasting years, money, and tears in frustration. If you wonder how to get started, this webinar is for you. Register at caroljoyside.com forward slash upcoming hyphen seminars. caroljoyside.com forward slash upcoming hyphen seminars to receive everything you need to make homeschooling simple and safe. Now back to the show. You started kind of gathering the flock that God had entrusted you. And it got to the point where you started a sewing room. You started different cottage industries so these women could support themselves. Because very often they were mothers with children just trying to support their families, right? Right, right. That's, um, that's the part I didn't see, you know, early on. Um, and initially I was just focused on the women. Um, and the men and and it, then once the two um there were two women that came to the lord first and um we were just sitting on the curb and sharing coffee and and cookies with them mm-hmm. and there was one woman sitting beside me it was the first time i'd ever met her and um she was dressed kind of like i would dress and um she kept getting up during the the time of sharing she'd walk about um five steps and then she'd come and she'd sit back down and then she'd stand up and she'd walk and she'd come and she'd sit back down. And I thought, you know, she's trying to get away from us, but the Holy Spirit is keeping her. Yes. And on, my, on the other side of me was um, a woman who um, I had really seen out on the streets every single time we've been out there um, over a year's time. And uh, her name was Bilma. And she was really dressed like it, what you would think of, you know, when you think of a prostitute, very heavy makeup and um, cackling. And, um, but there and listening. And uh, so at the very end of the time, I said, well, is there anyone here um, tonight who would like to put their trust in Jesus and believe that he can change your lives? And um, Nancy uh, turned to me and she said, ah, okay, I, I think I'll do that. And um, I was like, really? Because she was so nonchalant about the whole thing. I was, I now, thought. Wait, was Nancy the one that kept getting up? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. She's the one I kept getting up. So, um, so when she said that, I, I, when the first thing that went through my head was like, you know, oh, me a little faith. I was like, oh, maybe she's just saying that, you know, because she knows that's what we want to hear. But we prayed the prayer of salvation with her and she accepted Christ. And so at the end I said to her, well, um, Nancy, we'd love to give you a ride home because you are a new creature in Christ. And um, we need to, to find something else for you to do. She said, oh, well, I, I can't accept your ride home because um, I owe 500 lempiras, which at that time was about $35 on my rent, she said. And um, I have to make that tonight. So we wrote down her address and promised to see her the next day. And when we got to her home the next day, um, she, the first thing she told us, she said, um, Betsy, I just have to tell you that right after you guys left, a man came, was not a client, but sometimes he would come and he would like, you know, uh, buy us dinner and hang out with us. 
And I told him that I just accepted Christ with this group of women. And he said to me, well, that's the best thing you can possibly have done with your life. And he said, if you promise to, to uh, stay off the streets and go to church, I will help support you. And not only did he whip out a 500 Limpira bill and give it to her, but he offered her a ride home, no. which she took. No. And so then she says to me, well, do you think that was God? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I said, and that was so precious of the Lord too, because, you know, we were just like, you know, so green, not knowing what we were doing. And right away, the Lord was saying, this is what I'm doing. This is me. You know, I he will keep them, he you know? Yeah. 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 And so the other surprise was, um, you remember I told you about Vilma. Yes. Um, she was there with Nancy. So I said, Bill, what are you doing here with Nancy? And she said, well, we don't, I don't like to tell people this because I'm ashamed, but Nancy is my daughter. And, um, you know, I wanted to give her a different life. And yet she saw the life I was living on the streets. And so she followed me to the streets. And then she says to us, and I accepted Jesus in my heart silently when Nancy was accepting out loud and she said I wanted to tell you that I have been praying this whole time because I wanted to get off the streets but I thought I could do it in my own strength but it was just a powerful moment for her to come to Jesus as well so God allowed us to have a mother and a daughter and Nancy was five months pregnant so from the very beginning he showed us that this was a generational um situation and that he wanted to break those generational ties yeah yeah so then yeah. how did the women begin to support themselves oh yes sorry it's <laughs> kind of um yeah he um that well he led me to ask her a question and that was um i asked nancy i said what do you think you could do because obviously you know uh, what your prior employment is not going to work um, <laughs> for who you are in jesus now and she said well um I think if I had a sewing machine, I could, you know, sew up a storm. And really, I mean, that was prophetic because she was our best sewer of all the women. She was amazing. So I went out and I bought two sewing machines, um, one for Nancy and one for her mom and um, made contracts so that um, they could, you know, um, earn money and then pay them back and own their own machines. And, um, and we decided to make um, just placemats because, and at that time, I was the only person, um, there were a couple other people in the church that, um, a couple of disciples of mine who were like touched by this too and wanted to be a part of it. But I was the only one that knew how to sew. So we had to make something that was, but, and I didn't sew very well all. So we just had to make something with really straight lines, you know, that would, that would work that way. So that's, that's really how we started the, the, the women's workshop was um, just, you know, crying out to God and asking him to show us how to help them. We called it a workshop of the heart because we realized early on, you know, um, making money is not going to keep them off the streets. Um, It really has to be that they learn to trust Jesus um, for everything. And so that was really our goal was to help them to, to transfer their trust, you know, from themselves to Jesus and that they could trust him for, um, for everything. And wow. that, that he would change their heart attitudes, that he would change um, their lives, they would change their, their relationships with their children. Um, 
you know, because one of the things we, like I said, we, we learned early on was many of them um, would, when they went out on the streets at night, they would lock their children up in a room. They would rent a room in town and they would lock that room with a padlock. And so um, they would leave their children there at night, go out on the streets, and then they would be with their children during the day. Yes. So once they came to our uh, women's workshop and were disciples, um, they really didn't have a place for those children to, to be. And so that's really what got us um, initially concerned about the children. We realized that uh, we really need to be focused on them as well. Yes. And so God allowed us to, to start a daycare center first, and then we started um, a school, a daycare center and a school. Um, which I've so, been to, which is downtown. Yes. Then tell me about the VIA. Yes. Well, then um, there were several situations where um, some of the women, it became really clear that um, they were getting free from their addictions and, um, and their wrong thought patterns by still being in their same environment. But there were other women that um, the temptation was to live a a double lifestyle. Yes. And so we began to really think about, okay, we want to build a place in the country where the women and the children could live and really be, um, you know, receiving 24 um, seven discipleship and care and training um, so that they, they could then come back into the, the city. Um, and so um, we, um, by God's grace, again, he allowed us to buy a place in the country. We were able to build um, what we beautiful, call a, <laughs> a beautiful, artistic, uh, uh, elegant, simple home with beauty everywhere, with scripture painted on the walls, flowers and scripture, and just joy. The whole place just resonates with beauty and joy. Oh, well, praise God. That's, that's our desire for sure. Yeah. And, yeah. And you move the women in with their children. Yes. And what happened? Um, yes. Um, well, uh, and, and I'm glad you talked about that because we really did feel like the Lord wanted us to have a place of beauty for the yeah. women that they could really feel like they, um, are surrounded by beauty and that they have dignity yeah. before the Lord. So, um, yeah, so we moved them in and within a month, all three women, um, abandoned the, the, pro the, the, yeah. yes. And what did and they leave you with? Yeah. One of the women in particular, um, Mirna, she, um, she saw, you know, this is a beautiful place. This would be great for my kids. I don't want to be here because um, for her, it was like the addictions, uh, the call to the street was just too strong. So um, she, one day she just left and she left her two children with us, a six-year-old daughter and an eight-year-old daughter, neither of whom had been in school. Um, she had dragged them around the streets with her. So they, a lot of times, would live in burnt-out buildings. And so in her mind, she was like, oh, well, this would be a much better place than what I can offer them. Yeah. So she left. And at the same time, the other two women, too, um, left. Um, we had a medical brigade, um, which we would do um, – uh, once a year, and we would invite the women uh, that we knew from the streets with their families. And one young girl in particular, she was 11 years old, um, she told the doctor, she said, um, uh, I am living with a 45-year-old man. I'm selling drugs um, for him. I am." Um, she didn't say it in these words, but she was basically being sexually exploited by him. Of course. 
And she said, would you take me? And at that point, it was a no-brainer. I mean, we, we did pray. We certainly did pray, but we knew we had to, to help her. And so that's the way that God began to really shift our um, initial vision of having the women and their children to just the children. Yes. And around that same time, um, I came down with uh, two incurable cancers. And um, it was kind of a pause in ministry. Um, we had those three little girls because we took in, um, we kept the two. And, um, and so um, it was a bit of a pause because um, as the director, um, uh, the whole ministry began to really pray for me. Um, we fasted and prayed um, and people all over the world were fasting and praying um, that God would heal me because they were both course incurable and um god did this major miracle and um i took me to the edge of death and um the doctor said you know she doesn't die tonight she'll die tomorrow and then he brought me back of course because he promised us through his word he gave us several promises um before even the doctor gave me the diagnosis um the Lord was so gracious to just say, you know, this is what's going on. And he gave me Psalm 41, one through three, um, which basically said that God would have my back. And the third verse says he will lift you up off of your sick bed. So I knew I was going to get sick and be in bed. And I knew that he was going to heal me. Amen. Um, All right. Yeah. Our time is up. And so guess what we're going to do? We're going to close this program out and we're going to record another one because this story is too good to stop here. <laughs> so let's close out and we're going to just stay right here and record another one. So before we uh, end the program, I want to give you Betsy's website. Um, they are a ministry of faith. They do not ask for money, but when you hear all the things she's doing, you're going to know that they need a boatload of money every month. And somehow uh, they live by this. This is the George Mueller story all over again. So the name of Betsy's website is my Jericho, my Jericho.org myjericho.org and her name is Betsy Hake or Elizabeth Hake H-A-K-E and her ministry is called Jericho Ministries in Honduras and we're going to continue this amazing story so thank you for joining me this week on the Homeschool Made Simple podcast if you liked what you heard in this episode I'd appreciate a rating and review on iTunes or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show that would help too Visit my website, caroljoyside.com, to subscribe to the monthly newsletter and receive exclusive discounts on my online store where seminars and interviews are available. Be sure to tune in next week for my next episode where I help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Blessings.